Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show. Joining us as always on Tuesdays, the prince of Twitter, the regent of redstate.com. <laughs> Every week I have to chuckle at the titles you give me. <laughs> when you stop chuckling, I'm going to have to come up with something new. But yeah, I kind of like prince of Twitter, regent of redstate.com. I kind of like yeah, those. Yeah, I do too. I, in fact, I put them, I put them in my uh, Twitter bio. <laughs> And, and, you know, these uh, young Asian ladies who are uh, looking for company. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and so some of them have said, so uh, how are you a prince? <laughs> 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 I said, you'll never know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you'll never guess. You'll never guess how that works. <laughs> well, you know, it's a. Uh, I've noticed that I'm very popular on Instagram with um, with um, uh, very voluptuous women who very rarely post anything of significance. I, I, that's, I, that's correct. I have been told that these are that these are fake accounts, and I refuse to believe this. I think oh, I am yeah. just that good looking. I don't know. I, I think you are, and um, the thing is, so am I. Apparently, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> who? who but I think there's enough for you and me to go around. <laughs> I do too. You know, we might have to stretch ourselves just a little bit, but you know, we're, <laughs> we're on hand. For, we're, we're, we're ready to answer the call of duty or something like that. I don't know. Um, well, really there's two big stories this week. Both of them are kind of media stories, but one's more of a political story. And uh, you know, that's the war and that's the war in Israel and Gaza and the um, apparent a stupid war on Capitol Hill, uh, which is still oh. continuing. And I want to get to your piece on that in a bit, but I want to talk a little bit first about the uh, American media response. We talked a little bit about this last week. Yeah. It's yeah. gotten worse, right? It's just awful. Just awful. So, you know, we're recording this on Monday in the New York Times today. Did you get a chance to read the New York Times? Thing no, on? I, 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 I heard a summary. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So the New York Times today decided they're going to come out with a with an update on their story about the Al-Ali uh, hospital in Gaza, right? Which they dutifully reported a week ago that Israel had destroyed in a in a in a targeted strike, right? Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, the hospital's still standing. Yeah. The parking lot has a problem. Yeah, the parking lot. Clearly, something fell on the parking lot, but it wasn't a it wasn't a missile strike because there isn't a big hole in the parking lot, which would have been the first clue had the New York Times just simply waited for the sun to come up to yeah. see what actually happened there. Yeah, I you could have, you know, you could have said there was an explosion at the hospital without going into who did it. Um, explosion on the hospital grounds. You know, the, the body count is in dispute. Uh, yeah. It's not clear what the source of the explosion was. We are waiting to see well, yeah. when when it becomes light to see, you know, what the extent of the damage is. No, they ran a headline and an article that said Israel had, had struck the hospital. There were at least 500 people dead as a result, and the hospital was destroyed, right? Well, you know... I don't know who did this, and they'll never say who did it, but I suspect they were younger and inexperienced. 
I suspect that they were propagandists and that the New York Times knew damn well that they were propagandists. Yeah. Uh, they were, they were at best, they were taking stenography from Hamas. And I mean, that's at best because the, <laughs> the hospital's still standing. I'm laughing out of embarrassment. Yeah, at, absolutely. It, you know, you, you, uh, you see what you want to see and, um, it's strange because that's a very um, Jewish institution. I worked there for 26 years. Yeah. There's, a wonderful, there's a wonderful story. They used to give, you know, all there are many Jewish holidays and Jewish employees get them. Uh, I don't know that it's in the contract, but they get them uh, extra days off. And uh, there was a guy on rewrite years ago. Uh, who had a Jewish sounding name, and they just went around every every year and gave him that the or every month or two and gave him the holidays off. And when he retired, many many years later, he announced that he wasn't Jewish, <laughs> but he he had all these extra weeks off that they had done on an assumption. So yeah, I guess you see what you want to see. Well, and that was the case with this, but I mean, six days later, the New York Times decides they're going to update this story with two different things. Update or correct, yeah. They didn't actually correct, right? Right. The the main story that was on the front page, right, was that six days later, Hamas still has not supplied evidence to to make its case that Israel struck the hospital. Now... (laughs) The case was that the hospital was struck and the hospital is still standing. So I'm not sure what the New York Times thought six days was going to do. <laughs> what kind of evidence do you want? Here's a picture just now. <laughs> oh, gosh. Came up. The hospital was still standing. The windows had gotten blown out because of whatever exploded in the parking lot. But the hospital was still standing. There wasn't a massive amount of bodies out there. And, um, and they said, you know, we've been... Working with Hamas to, you know, to validate their claims. That's not how they put it, but basically that's what it was. And Hamas has refused to cooperate. They said that the that they couldn't produce, you know, the uh, evidence of the of the explosive device because it completely disintegrated when it hit. And everybody who knows anything about this is going, "Oh, come on, man! That's not how this stuff works. They it blows out, and there's usually plenty of evidence right. to tell you exactly what it was." Uh, there's a whole forensics thing that has to do with uh, missiles and rockets and stuff like that. They don't just, it doesn't just evaporate. And <laughs> I mean, clearly this is not a, I mean, they're waiting oh, for Hamas to, to give them evidence that will back up their initial knee jerk reaction, which was to blame Israel for this. And Hamas is now suddenly not cooperating with its mouthpiece. So which, that was one- uh, Which says a lot. Well, I mean, again, six days later, they're not even willing to go out on a limb and say, you know what? That was bullshit. <laughs> so it turns out that was bullshit, folks. And golly, we're well, sorry that we promoted know, it. I went, to, when I worked there, uh, this was the kind of culture that was there back in the 60s, maybe the 70s, I don't remember, but uh, which is it's very hard to get a correction because you have to admit a mistake. So the bar is very high, was very high 
Then uh, the Times went through an era of ultra honesty, and they would say where it was a reporter's error or an editor's error changing a headline uh, to be more dramatic or whatever. Um, and now we've gone back into the, um, yeah, yeah, there was a problem, but it's somebody else's fault. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is crazy. The, the idea that six days later in the hospital is still standing and you're still trying to hold out the idea that somehow this is a, that this is in dispute anymore. I mean, <laughs> this is the New York Times, right? This is the paper of records, supposedly. It's the paper of prop. It's a paper of terrorist propaganda, and it has been since this war started. And I mean, this, it's just nonsense. And it would be silly nonsense if it wasn't for the fact that it was so freaking deadly. <laughs> you know, yeah. there there yeah. are riots that started over these reports with the American media amplifying these reports. It took most of these outlets about a day to catch up to it and, and report, oh, wait a minute. No, the hospital's still standing. There doesn't appear to be anywhere near the body count that was claimed. And even at that, most of the rest of these people are saying Gaza health authorities or Palestinian health authorities. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Hamas. It's the terror group. It's the terror cult that, that created the war that's making these claims. Yeah. And they're passing it off as the Gazan health authorities. Yeah, there's no excuse. I, I, I'm I, I'm sorry. I'm putting Andrew on the spot here because there's really no. no you're not, I'm not on the spot. I don't have to answer for them. I left there. Yeah. I've been gone longer than I was there. But uh, well, I meant more on I, the spot and just in terms of yeah, because yeah, no, it speaks for right. itself. Race ipsa loquitur. This this yeah. speaks for itself. These guys are corrupt. It, 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 and we saw the same thing over the hoax and over the Hunter laptop, too, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. And the reverse, right? Oh, well, there's no there's no evidence to this. Well, I mean, we saw it in this instance, too, because the IDF and the Israeli government released video of the rocketry that was going over that hospital. It shows one of the things going straight down, right? in the vicinity of where that hospital was and it was at night so you're looking at the at the lights basically from yeah. the rockets and then they produced a um a captured communique between two hamas uh operatives who said that it was an islamic jihad rocket that had fallen on the hospital and that they were aware of it right and what was the american media saying well we can't validate what the IDF has produced, and, you know, uh, so, uh, we, we don't have independent confirmation of that from the same media organizations that just took Hamas's word for it, that Israel had targeted and struck a, a, a civilian hospital. <laughs> it's, it's, it's sad, and they have constitutional protections. Um, I'm happy that they do. Because they're, su no, they're supposed to be watchdogs, and it's in the Constitution. But they're not living up to it at all. Yeah. And they're being dishonest. Yeah. Then they issued an editor's note, right? They didn't put any correction really in that. Well, six days later, Hamas has failed to make its case piece. Yeah. Then they it. But, we bought the, but we bought the original case anyway. Right. So the editor's note said, well, you know, we relied too heavily on Hamas's claims. 
and didn't wait to see you know, and didn't wait to see you know uh you know the evidence ourselves first but they never actually apologize and that editor's note isn't linked in either the original article oh. or the or the article today at least uh. this morning when i was reading it i very carefully looked through that to see if there was any reference to the editor's note yeah. and there wasn't so it's it's amateur hour. It's sad. It's just, well, it's beyond sad. It's tragic. It really is because so many people, including myself, have over the years relied uh, on the Times, especially, especially the Times foreign coverage, which has been, um, you know, it wasn't woke. But, you know, when it comes to Israel, I don't know what it is, but they're, uh, you know. They're not friendly. Well, and neither is the popular culture. And now you're seeing people, you know, um, spray anti-Semitic um, oh, yeah. slogans yeah. On, on the offices of the free press. I, don't, I just don't get that. I just don't. What? We all, in political campaigns, I get we have to have an us and a them. But in 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 larger society, I don't, I don't get that. I mean, I get, oh, here come illegal aliens and we don't want them. But I don't get the, I've never gotten the anti-Semitic. But I, you know, we got over a lot of the black uh, public racism, like in the past. Sure. And when I, when I first went, when I went on my first trip to the South, we were in, you know, I think it was Memphis or Birmingham. And I just walked into the men's room. And um, uh, there was a very nice uh, black man in there who pointed out that that was the Negro restroom and I shouldn't be there. And I never understood how white urine was any different from black urine, but I, I was a teenager at the time, so I complied with the regulations. But <clears throat> when I went back to work there in the South in 64, which was the civil rights summer, um, of course, they were all gone then. Uh, but uh, I don't know, Ed. I can't. I can't explain it. It's just so sad. There's so many things these days that you that uh, at least I can't explain. And that was part of the part of the column that was this this craziness going on. And the uh, <clears throat> the Gallup did a poll and found that. There was rising anxiety in the United States, and I get it. There's so many things besides potential war uh, and a president who's not sure what day it is, and and uh, when when there's a war going on and an, and an embassy being evacuated, uh, he goes to the beach. I you know, it's just so upside down. I got in trouble one. I got in trouble once on the block because I ran a picture of the Capitol upside down to make the point that things were. I didn't get in trouble at Red State. This was somewhere else. But I said, "Well, we don't publish pictures upside down." I said, "Well, we did." <laughs> <laughs> what am I well, going to say? Yeah, I mean, the the whole thing at the New York Times is upside down. I'm going to have more. I wrote about that today. I'll probably have more about that. Uh, you know, yeah, too. Well, I, I, I will retweet it because um, I uh, first I don't I should write something on it, but I don't have anything new to say. And I 
I don't want to impose on people me rechewing. I don't like to rechew food, let alone rechew what I'm writing. There you go. Yeah. Well, let's let's chew over something that you did write because <laughs> I, oh, I really the segues, the segues from this Salem employee are just amazing. You know, and this is the reason why all the hot women follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's the, the segue. Yeah, yeah, the young ones especially. They just they just go crazy over you. They've they never just, seen they've never they seen mad mad segue skills like like mine, I'm telling you. <laughs> that guy has such segue skills, it turns me on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who knew? You know, if I'd only known this, I would have been doing this. <laughs> um all right. Um, you wrote something about the other about the other war, the silly war on yeah. Capitol Hill between House Republicans and um, some other House Republicans. <laughs> yeah, you wrote, yeah. And I thought that this was a really interesting insight because it's not just about the Republicans, it's also about the Democrats. And you said, we don't have two major parties anymore. We've got four. We have four, I should say, because Andrew actually understands English grammar rather than your, your you know, your humble host here. Um <laughs> Uh, and, and it's in the VIP section, so um, we'll just give people a taste of this. But I, I was, I forget who I was on with. It may have been when I was guest hosting for Drew last week on Relevant Radio. Um, I was in the discussion with somebody about this, and I, oh no, I think it was this morning on an editorial call. And I said, look, you have to understand that the two-party system is really not much different than parliamentary systems around the world. It's just that we do our coalition building before elections; they do it after. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's both major parties have to do coalition building. Yeah. And what you're seeing right now is a failure of that coalition building. And then lo and behold, I hadn't read your, hadn't read your, your column yet. I see your column. I start reading your column. Go, it's exactly what I was talking about today. Imagine that. And people can get it right here on Tuesdays for free. The, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, this has been a, an enduring strength of the United States. The founding fathers, as I said in the column, the founding fathers were suspicious of parties, and rightly so, because they thought they would become more interested in themselves than in the population at large. However, it's a good thing that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. However, however, when we evolved, um, actually, and I wrote about this last week, Abe Lincoln was the first third party candidate in uh, 1860 to win uh, because Republicans were brand new at the time. And uh, he, uh, and then four years later, he, he was the first and only one to get a bipartisan presidential ticket. But um, the parties, the two of them have been flexible enough and broad enough that they could take in or adopt or co-opt the interests of varying groups and uh, at the very least they put the groups out of business because their adherence went over to the republicans or democrats um but now their parties have split into fragments and there may be more than two in each party but for broadly speaking it's it's two of them and it started, I guess, with the the Freedom Party, but it, it's it's become serious now because it's crippling the House ability to operate. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I had a solution on Twitter this this uh, this afternoon, Ed. I said, uh, why don't they just take turns? So we could have a different Republican as speaker every day for 217 days, and then they start the circuit again. I think that works fine. Everybody could, everybody could have the hat. Sure. Yeah. I, I like the idea. I, it does sort of remind it me of. It might old, not work though, Ed. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the old Monty Python thing from uh, Holy Grail, where uh, Dennis the Peasant is explaining their their political organization, where he says we're an anarcho syndicalist commune. Uh, we we. The, the the board changes every week, but then the any any actions of the board have to be approved two weeks later by the board. And, <laughs> and I'm I'm starting to wonder whether or not just off the same, you know, off of the same um the same um uh movie, whether or not we'd be better off actually selecting our uh uh, leadership by having a watery tart lob a scimitar in somebody's direction. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Strange women lying in ponds. That's that's what no, we need. It is, but you know, and it and it's a com. I, I actually said this in another recent column. It's a combination of political happenstance um, with the hyper partisanship with with Trump uh, and his tumult, which works to his effect. And the media's fascination with Trump, self-interest fascination, um, because everybody or most everybody wants to read about Trump or watch about Trump. And so they hype him uh, for their own business interests. And that hypes him, but it's not necessarily in the nation's political interest, but but they don't care. Um, and uh it's sad. It's a perfect storm of bad things. And then we have a president who's not sure what day it is. Um, and the world sees that, and especially Iran and those um, bad boys. And they take advantage of it. And he's not in a position mentally to do anything about it. Uh, and uh, it's just... It's very discon. Well, it's beyond disconcerting, but it's very concerning. I think in the general general mental climate that many Americans have, it's it's just there's an unease, and you don't feel that anybody's in charge, and they aren't. There's yeah. nobody in charge. There's nobody in charge of the House. There's nobody in charge of the White House. They're just sort of drifting along until we have some colossal catastrophe. Uh, that forces people to say, you know, the emperor doesn't have any clothes on uh, and we can't live with Biden or Kamala Harris. It's, uh, but we're not there yet, apparently. And so we're kind of drifting along. And this part of the disconcerting feelings is that, geez, you know, something might happen at any minute, but he's at the beach. So I guess it's okay. Well, yeah, right, exactly. It's just in the middle of a war, but just go down to the beach and hang out under the umbrella for a while, uh, because nobody really oh. needs you around. Uh, rapper Fifty Cent um, actually said something about that. I think it was yesterday. But you know, I prefaced this by talking about it in terms of the House Speaker race, which yeah. is yeah. very, 
very acute and in that in that instance, very easy to see. But we're actually seeing it in reaction to the war in Gaza as well, because you have a bunch of people who were, you know, progressives who aren't anti-Semites, right? Who are looking around and realizing, holy cow, (laughs) this party is insane. And I think it was Barry Weiss again, just to get back to Barry Weiss, who said that there are a number of people who went to bed on October 7th as committed progressive leftists and are waking up to being, you know, national security conservatives. Um, There was, I forget who it was, uh, wrote today, and this was also at, um, it was mentioned at Free Press. It wasn't, it was linked at Free Press. I forget the name of the person. It was an um, Indian name. And, um, and he was saying, you know, I'm starting to reassess everything I thought about, um, everything I thought I knew about the Trump administration, because while I still yeah. don't like Trump and I don't like, you know, I don't like the chaos, the decisions they were making were actually really sound. And we threw that out with the bathwater, basically. Yeah, exactly. You threw out the, the positive policies with the negative characteristics. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. a shame. It, it, uh, but that is, to my in my experience, that's what happens when you vote against someone. Yes, because you 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 you're just so into voting. Oh, I can't have this guy. I'm going to vote for the other guy, and you don't examine the other guy. And there was ample evidence in the 2020 campaign that Joe Biden was drifting away mentally and physically, and that when you saw nurses holding his elbow, escorting him out of uh, public appearances uh, and blocking the media from talking with him uh, when he's talking to Iowans and asking them what they think of the Ohio infrastructure. uh, Both states have four letters. And if you're from New England, what the hell? It's all the same. Uh, Ohio, Iowa, you know. Yeah, you just fly over them. The there was a there was a wonderful one of my favorite stories of all time was uh, uh, the Boston uh, restaurant and a Boston woman overhearing conversations at the next table, and uh, she says, "Oh, well, that's nice to have you visiting New England. Um, where where are you from?" And the woman says, "Well, we're from Iowa," and the Boston woman says, <laughs> "Well." Here we pronounce it Ohio. <laughs> ah, Ohio, Iowa. You fly over them all. What difference does it make? Exactly. It's like very clearly the same state, just two different pronunciations. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um it kind of reminds me of that commercial. I think it's progressive insurance commercial yeah. where there's we have a we have a discount plan for I forget what it was, some segment of the population. And they say, well, it's so popular that we even have it for left-handed people, people who, you know, peaked in high school, you know, it's, this is this gag thing, right? It's all these different, yeah. you know, all these different people can access this. And at the very end, they say, and also people who just returned from Europe. And there's this woman sitting there who's, um, who says, uh, it's actually pronounced croissant. <laughs> so the other person say, I just got back from Europe and the person's rolling their eyes. <laughs> oh boy um, yeah yeah that's a yeah some I, of the most creative stuff 
uh, in our public popular culture is our ads. I mean, Miller Lite and and uh, well, I like the Clydesdales. Look how, look how look how creative Bud Light got with its ads. Oh, of course, that's that's the Edsel of the beer world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was it? And I, re you remember that this the the female executive who was in charge of it. And I don't remember her name, but she's gone now. <laughs> who, who was explaining how you know in a very patronizing way why they had to change the the tone of Bud Light because it was kind of a fraternity drink. And oh, Alyssa Heinerschei, yeah. Oh wow, <laughs> you you must know her. Yeah, yeah she's oh, yeah, we're, we're 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 total we're total pals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The former head of Bud Light. She, yeah. I think that Alyssa Heinerscheid actually would sit in a cafe and say, it's actually pronounced croissant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it would be interesting to see. That's how do you how do you come back from that? You don't. I guess, I guess you another, go. Another yeah. You go or you change, you change your well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if she'd worked at Cracker Barrel for a while, she probably wouldn't have fallen into that trap, right? I mean, that's the <laughs> that's the thing, and that's yeah. that's also another division. Getting back to your excellent VIP column at Red State. Oh Bear. yeah, yeah. Check yeah. this actually, out for a segue. Uh, actually, actually, it had it had uh, fairly large readership yesterday, which has kind of surprised me. It's a different take on the house fight, and I I always try to write something different. I think it's a, I think it's a sharp take. It's it's really what the issue is. The other and the other thing that's playing into this now, the reason why it's still going on, is because one of the things that the coalitions do when they come together is that they're still fractious. They're still you know arguing for different policies. Clearly, that was the case in this session of Congress. But there's a certain level of trust that you're not going to blow the whole thing up, right? Yeah. You yeah. understand that there's a mission. You've got two years to get it done. And then you can fight again in two years after the next election, whether you're in the majority or the minority. Well, this time, somebody pulled the pin and tossed the grenade mid-session, which has yeah. never happened before, never successfully yeah. happened before. Yeah. And now nobody trusts anybody. <laughs> I mean, oh, that's exactly right. Well, you remember when uh, the fight over Trump's income tax cuts, which should be, for Republicans, a no-brainer. Yep. But uh, there was a segment, just like now, except they weren't as strong back then, that uh, that fought it, demanding, I don't remember what it was, but they wanted something else, some trade-off. Uh, and, um, and, we, and we ended up getting the tax cuts and then the deregulation and all the jobs and energy independence and all that. And that's what this Indian guy you talk about on free press writing, I think is coming to appreciate. And I hope there's many more like that. People didn't like the tumult, and they voted on the Trump tumult. Uh, but if they'd stop to think about the other side, what they got, uh, the results might have been different. Might have been. Might have been different, yeah. Uh, but I would say that you probably would have had those, had to have made those choices in the primary, but yes. Yeah, I agree. exactly. Exactly. And now we're about to do the same thing again, except maybe... Some people have realized their mistake. I don't know. Well, you know, I guess we'll I guess we'll find out. But um, I, I am not necessarily 
optimistic that this is going to change much. I the only thing I'm the only thing I can say is I think it's just as bad among the Democrats now over the last two weeks. Yeah. Thanks to what they're seeing from the hard yeah. left on college campuses. There are a lot of people are waking up and saying, I didn't sign up for, you know, terrorist sympathizing or terrorist cheerleading. And that's exactly right. what the left is doing right now. And there's a lot of um Big wigs, uh, by that I mean rich people, who are uh, changing their minds about where they're donating uh, because of what the colleges are allowing in the name of free speech. Yeah, I don't have any problem with this with the speech part of it. What I have a problem oh, with is, is that the schools aren't doing anything to condemn the speech that is, you know, to right. because they will literally go out and prevent conservative speakers like Ben Shapiro on the basis of safety on campus, right? Um, uh, Riley Gaines, right. you know, they allowed heckler's vetoes. I think it was at Berkeley. They got people who were violently trying to shut down the thing. And so they shut it down because on the basis of safety, yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to shut this down on the basis of safety. Yeah. However, yeah. However, if it's in favor of Hamas, oh. No, we can't say anything about that. No, no, no. It's just, it's just a, it's just a point of view. All right. Well, we got to get to the jokes of the week, Andrew. We, oh, we got to go. There, are, is anything funny anymore? Yeah, that's kind of my. That's kind of where I'm at. I do have a couple of jokes from jokesofthedaynet but I. Okay. You know, all right. We'll, we'll let you go first. Okay. Uh, these are all old. Uh, Jimmy Fallon said Al Gore campaigned for Hillary Clinton at a Florida rally attended by 1,600 people. Unfortunately for Gore, a recount found it was only 1,300. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Um, uh, and uh, 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 Jimmy Fallon, he said, Amazon is working with a company to deliver items to the trunk of your car directly. The company has an interesting name, the Mafia. <laughs> 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 it is an interesting name. Yeah, yeah, it works. It works. <laughs> and there's and there's no argument. <laughs> exactly. All right. I'll give you a couple here and then we'll we'll wrap All right. things up. All righty. So, this couple's heading home from a party and the wife turns to the husband, or husband's driving. The wife turns to the husband and says, Has anybody ever told you how handsome, sexy, and irresistible to women you are? And the husband says, oh, no, dear, they haven't. She says, then what the hell gave you that idea? All right. <laughs> All right. Next one. Next one up. Man goes to his doctor, says, I'm I'm not able to do all the things around the house that I used to do. The doc then starts a long, thorough examination, finally finds out that there's really nothing wrong with it, right? So when the exam was done, um, the, doc, the doc says, you know, the man says to the doctor, says, all right, doc, tell me in plain English what's wrong with me. And the doctor says, well, in plain English, you're lazy. <laughs> and he says, all right, all right. Now give me the medical term so I can tell that to my wife. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, what can you do? Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm suffering from uh, non-interruptions. Yeah, exactly. There was a wonderful uh, uh, video uh, showed a woman in a coma uh, and the nurses are talking and uh, one nurse says the other one is is she married and the nurse says yes so the the other nurse leans in and says 
your husband is sitting comfortably on the couch and a woman comes right away. <laughs> works work. every time. Works every that, time. Yeah. That would work. That would work. All righty. Well, with that, with, with, with the, with the actual fun part of the show now, now <laughs> we'll be back again next week with the Prince of Twitter, the regent of redstate.com, Andrew Malcolm at AH Malcolm on Twitter, never X, always Twitter. <laughs> oh, always Twitter. Yeah. Forever. And redstate.com where you can find them in the VIP section every single week. And Andrew, we'll talk again in a week. Oh, thanks, Ed. Thanks, everybody. See you then. This is Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com for Town Hall. Even after six days, the New York Times refused to admit that they promoted terrorist propaganda as news. You'll remember that they reported, based on Hamas claims, that Israel destroyed the Al-Ali Hospital in Gaza and killed 500 people. They didn't even wait for sunrise to check those claims before running Hamas's story. Video and audio evidence supplied by the IDF added to the obvious conclusion an errant missile fired from Gaza landed on the hospital grounds. The Times, however, still won't report that. Instead, they wrote nearly a week later that Hamas had failed to make its case, when in fact they never offered any evidence at all for those claims. An editor's note has admitted to relying too heavily on claims by Hamas without apology or corrective action, but the damage has been done. The paper should change its motto for full accuracy. All the terrorist propaganda fit to print. I'm Ed Morrissey. <laughs>